Welcome to the Midtown Church Weekly Podcast, hosted by lead pastors Cassie and Alex Barron. Midtown Church exists to reveal the kingdom of Jesus together in Kansas City. This podcast explores ways in which we can become more like Jesus, reveal the places he is already working, and ultimately renew the reputation of the local church. Welcome to the Midtown Church Podcast, folks. This is Cassie Farron coming at you live from the Midtown neighborhood of Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, We are currently in our apartment right now, and I'm joined by my co-host, co-pastor, and partner in crime, Alex Farron. Say hello. Hello, everybody. You said we're (laughs) live, but it's live currently. Yeah, I guess we're not really live. It's, yeah. We're recording this ahead of time, people. We have our stuff together. (laughs) Uh, But we're excited to be joining you today. You know, this is the second podcast of Midtown Church ever, which is exciting. And it's going to kick off a four-part little mini-series that we're going to do on how we become more like Jesus. And so if you're part of the Midtown Church community, you know that um, we are all about revealing the kingdom of Jesus in Kansas City. And so an intimate part of that mission and of that vision is figuring out what it looks like to reveal him, like what it looks like to be like him and reveal him in the spaces that he's working. And so we wanted to take uh, the next kind of four episodes to really focus on that and to kind of set it all up. We want to talk just a little bit about what does it mean to be like Jesus? Like, what does that concept mean? Um I grew up as a 90s kid. I know you did too, Alex. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think a lot of people probably listening to this had those WWJD bracelets. bracelets. Yes, yes. We got them at camp usually. Yep. Uh, What would Jesus do if you're not familiar with that acronym? Uh, Which, you know, sentiment aside, the sentiment was good. I think it probably led to a relatively flawed understanding of maybe what Jesus looks like in the 21st century, like what he would look like and how should we should embody him. So uh, Alex, just give us some thoughts on what you think it means to become or to be like Jesus in 21st century Kansas City, yeah. Midtown neighborhood, 2021. Yeah, I mean, probably... Part of the misconception is this thought um, that we can reduce Jesus to a set of values or or propositions. But, you know, as we begin asking the question, what does it mean to follow Jesus? It's not us becoming first century Jews. It's not us becoming first century Jewish rabbis to become like Jesus. It's actually asking the question, what would Jesus do if he were born in Kansas City in 1992 and were was turning 29 this year how would he engage how would he live in the 21st century Mm. a fun thought experiment is like how would jesus engage with social media would he engage with social media how would he talk about politics would he talk about politics what would he be passionate about how would he defend his neighbors and advocate for the marginalized what would jesus do if he were living at this time and where we are and so instead of kind of this retrospective like how do we become a first century jew it's really this question of if jesus were born in the 21st century 
or if he lived in the 21st century, what things would he be passionate about? What would mm. he be caring about? Yeah. Um, I think Paul's letter to the Philippians has a helpful, just this idea of, you know, putting on the mind of Christ, stepping into places and, and really reflecting on who Jesus was and applying that to the spaces we find ourselves. He, you know, in verse five, he says, have this mind amongst yourself. And then he goes on to describe Jesus as this obedient servant, to his father, um, born in the likeness of humans. He humbled himself to the point of death, and therefore God has highly exalted him. But the, the, the thing Paul puts in front of the Philippians is have the mind of Christ, have mm. the same posture and attitude as Jesus. Yeah, that's so good. You know, I think that it's really important to think through not just like what would Jesus do, like, you know, if he was planted here like himself the the jesus that we see in the scripture the first century like rabbi if he just was like plopped here what would he do uh but rather really like who would a 21st century jesus look like and what's super interesting about that is um there are obviously going to be some things that are objective that like scripture is really clear on an example would be like Jesus would be aggressive about reaching the poor in mm-hmm. our area. But there's a lot of subjectivity that comes with that kind of idea of like, what would a Jesus look like that was born in 1992? Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of subjectivity that comes there. And I think maybe even the realization of how different our culture, how different our world is in the 21st century than it was in the first century is really important as we try to live out this life of becoming more like Jesus um, and also try to apply New Testament principles to our everyday life. Yeah, this is an interpretive task for all Christians. Mm -hmm. Like all Christians are making um, informed assumptions, but assumptions nonetheless about how Jesus would behave what he would do who he would be and i think the thing i I, want to point to from that philippians passage is that paul's emphasis is not how jesus would have behaved but rather who jesus was like Mm, out of the overflowing of him as a person this is how he interacted with the community and so i think paul's emphasis is on being like Jesus Mm. um, and it starts by putting on and posturing ourselves in a similar way um, whereas in the 90s it was what would Jesus Jesus doing right Um, which again you and I talk about this often and that is those two things aren't easily divorced from one another but I think you can start from the being um, and move to the how doing. would Jesus be yeah. versus how would he do no that's good you know I mean I think a lot of the times we have these conversations and it's like yeah, I'm all about being more like Jesus. Like, I think yeah. a lot of people can get on board with that. Even those that, like, maybe have a hard time with the church, don't go to church, or, like, have a very loose relationship with Christianity mm-hmm. or the faith or Jesus, they can get on board with, like, yeah, I need to just be more yeah. like the person of Jesus. But I think it's really hard for a lot of people to know, like, where to begin or even uh-huh. how to do that. It's so it's such like an objective or I'm sorry, subjective mm-hmm. uh, thing to say like, yeah, you know, I want to I want to be more like Jesus. What are some things that maybe you found in your own personal life and journey or maybe even some things that you've just studied as a pastor that you're like, this kind of helps us begin. Like this is yeah. where we start in this quest to be like, you know, our savior, to be like our rabbi. Yeah. I think 
So I'll throw a couple of texts at us, but I think to sum it all up, I think the place we begin is with being learners. Mm. Like when we describe Jesus as a rabbi, that's to say he is a teacher and that the posture of us as Christians is to sit at the feet of the teacher to come with this humble posture of I don't know it all, nor do I have all of you wrapped up in these propositions or this truth that I know. Rather, I'm coming to Jesus each day hoping to learn and to glean from him. Mm. Um, One of the passages that I've been talking about pretty much since the beginning of 2021, just because it's been so radically, like as I studied it, it was just radical how I began thinking about Christianity differently, is in Matthew 4, Verse 17 particularly, but this is a this is like a phrase Jesus repeats over and over and over again throughout the Gospels. It's possibly the most repeated phrase, and it's repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Um, in Matthew, it's the kingdom of heaven. In the other Gospels, it's the kingdom of God, but the sentiment is still the same. It's this idea that we are to rethink everything that we know in light of of what Jesus is doing mm. that when we when we think of repentance we think of a moral change maybe our ethics are adjusting or we're turning over sin and all of that I think is falls under it right. um. but I think fundamentally it's this rethinking of everything we know and so if we begin at that place of rethinking mm. and that our lives are about rethinking reality in light of who Jesus is, then we're, we're always on this long journey of, of becoming like Jesus. Mm. Uh, a popular con- concept in, in kind of around Christianity right now is this uh, kind of topic of deconstruction. And we've talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in fact, I would say we've kind of gone through our, own deconstruction phase where really it was just it was more of that rethinking we 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 never abandoned the faith we never abandoned jesus but we had to rethink what we knew about the institution of the church how christianity is practiced we had to rethink those things i actually think that's a really natural and necessary part of the discipleship process is um consistently deconstructing the the concepts the presuppositions the biases we walk into christianity with in many ways we need to repent of them we need to rethink them and that only starts when we have a posture of of repentance yeah you know i think deconstructionism is thrown around a lot and probably doesn't have like the most positive connotation and like, has a connotation of walking away from the yeah faith. it does I actually we have a good friend the other day and I told them I was gonna steal this um, who called it disorientation instead mm. of deconstruction yeah. and I actually think that like kind of encompasses it a little bit better yeah. because you know, times of that quote-unquote deconstructionism, it's always in the context of just feeling super disoriented. Right. Like, looking at, you know, the scriptures, looking at, like, your faith or what you've been taught growing up, looking at the environments that surround you and saying, somewhere along here, something doesn't add up. Mm-hmm. And so I always like, I like that disorientation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's important, I think. And, to just kind of frame it that way. Yeah. And if 
if the good news that Jesus is bringing into the world is as life-changing as he claimed it is and as Christianity claims it is, it makes sense for us to, as people, constantly... Yes, be disoriented. Yeah, constantly yeah. be in that place of disoriented by kind of the the place in which his message and the world's message clash and learning to reorient ourselves from the ways of our culture to the ways of Jesus. And I think two other passages quickly that kind of speak to this as well is, you know, Matthew 28, really the one of the first times Jesus's disciples are called disciples. They're instructed to go out into the world and make other disciples. And this disciple comes with this understanding of student make students of jesus mm. make students of the lord and then in acts 4 or 242 kind of this first example of of what the church would look like the church of jesus would look like the very first phrase is they devoted themselves to the teachings of the apostles, Jesus' closest disciples, and to the prayers. They devoted themselves to being students. They devoted themselves to learning. And I think there's something so necessary about learning at the feet of Jesus. And I think, honestly, it's a really good message for just the the time that we currently live in. You know, I feel like this last year... And honestly, there it wasn't just this last year. I mean, there have been warning signs. Like, there, it's been a slow progression. I don't think it was like a, you know, boom, here it is. But there have been, there has been a prevalence of black and white thinking of the, and black and white thinking in and of itself is the enemy of learning because, mm-hmm. like, you can't hold a, like, you know, everything in this world can't look black and white to you and you still be willing to like listen to other people's perspectives because inherently there has to be like some gray space you operate in that says like I don't know everything (laughs) and I may not always be right and not only that even if somebody else has a different perspective even if I don't agree with it, it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean they're wrong. Yeah. And so I think part of being a learner, a constant learner in life, is being able to acknowledge that the way that you live out like your faith and your followership of Jesus may look very different than somebody else. Mm. And that's okay like it goes back to that subjectivity because you know we're all in different like levels and stages of learning and we're all in different like tracks like if you think about it you know somebody that goes to um, Missouri State University and gets their you know communications degree there and then somebody that goes to umkc and gets their communications degree there they're gonna have just learned different things they're gonna have been exposed to different teachers exposed to all these different supplemental texts and the reality is like when it comes to living this christian life as learners um we have to accept the fact that like that inherently means there's diversity in yeah. people's beliefs and thoughts well, and the way that they live that out. Learning always comes with like cultural biases and, and, yeah. and other influences. There's no one who just purely sits at the feet of Jesus and doesn't isn't affected by the things around them. Yeah, uh, We all come into this with other things. Uh, someone, you know, you, you reminded me of something. Someone recently asked me uh, what's like the biggest thing facing the church that like 
is maybe taking away from its faithful witness or uh, what so. And, and the thing that came to my mind was the familiarity with Christianity. Like mm. one of the biggest obstacles for the church is its familiarity with Jesus or its supposed— Or just with people in general, you With mean? people in general yeah. is like we, we come and we've heard— Like, you know, we go into church and we've heard someone preach on this text before and we go, oh, I, I know where they're going with this. Mm. Instead of actually sitting in the strangeness of what we're doing, like it's a strange. Think about it; it's a strange activity to <laughs> on a Sunday morning to yeah. go and listen to someone lecture about the teachings of a first century Jew. Mm. Like that's a weird exercise, and but we're so familiar with it that we've actually lost the impact of those moments and um, we've lost the impact of what Jesus is calling to do. You know, something like blessed are the poor for theirs is the kingdom. That makes absolutely zero sense in our climate. Like (laughs) we've heard it so much. It's just like, Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Blessed are the poor without really recognizing that what Jesus is saying is blessed are the economically depressed blessed are those who have been robbed and beaten down by the economic system of their day that is that is a shocking statement and so sometimes i think our familiarity with the text and with jesus can be an act a a major barrier Mm -hmm. to us continuing to get closer to him no it's so good so obviously kind of our first step in this understanding of like who is jesus and what does it mean to be like Jesus in the 21st century, we have to be the answer. The primary answer is like, we have to be learners. We have to commit ourselves to learning at the feet of Jesus. But what does this look like, like beyond that? What are like some tangible, like implications of that? What does it look like long-term to become more like Jesus? Because obviously that, that is, has to be a process inherently. And obviously it can't, solely just be like learning right like it's just like if you're at an academic institution and the only thing you ever do is like keep going to school like what what do you you're not (laughs) giving the world any of like the gifts that you're learning or thinking or so tell us a little bit about what that looks like like what does what does becoming like jesus look like long term once you've kind of learned how to be well a learner yeah well i think i mean i think you you put your finger on something that this is a a long-term process this is a lifelong project um and so often we talk about like discipleship courses like in a year i'm going to be like jesus and at mm. the end of it like i'm going to have it all figured out um those one types year. yeah in one year it only year, takes one year in one year i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> that would you know, be awesome if if only if, if only. only yeah but you know i contribute this to eugene peterson i think a lot of people have said it before but discipleship is lifelong obedience in the same direction yeah that same direction being towards jesus and so the goal is to to cultivate that type of um that posture of i'm i've set my heart i've set my mind i've set my body i've set my story in the direction of jesus and that's that's the the direction i'm walking so i think it starts with that and then kind of the process and any you ask three theologians or three pastors what this process looks like and you're going to get six answers. <laughs> so there is no one size fits all answer for this. I think actually one of the keys is just simply 
like gravitating towards a structure or a process and just sticking to it, um, sticking to the things that will um, get you moving in the direction of Jesus. And the thing we've kind of landed on is a combination of a process developed by Dallas Willard, famous um, spiritual formation writer, um, philosopher of the 20th century, and then kind of a modern philosopher theologian named James K.A. Smith. So between the two of them, we kind of developed a process of stories, loves, and habits. Stories being kind of the most, um, I don't know, the, the most deeply held narratives of our lives. Yeah. Those being the things that we tell ourselves, the things that set our dreams, the trajectory, the, the how we get ourselves up every day. We, we tell ourselves some kind of story. And so part of being a Jesus follower is submitting that story and evaluating those stories that we tell ourselves in light of the Jesus story, in light of who he's called us to be. The second component is loves, or another way to say it is our appetites, like from those stories, we develop certain loves, we develop certain um, desires, we develop certain appetites for things. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if if the dream, if my story is described in the American um, capitalist, like, pursuit of... Which I would argue we probably all have that we story. All have, the we American all have dream that, story. Yep, if we, we all just have work that hard bent. enough, we'll get there. Yeah. Yep. We all have that bent. And if... That's going to continue to be the driving story of, of course, I'm going to want that new car. Well, yeah, you're going to love like money. You're going to get addicted to affirmation, success, um, like those wins, all of those things, which may not necessarily be inherently bad, but are bad when they become an idol in light of Christ. Yes. And, and, And I think we often ask, why do I want this without actually looking at the story that is driving that want or that desire or that yeah. love. Um, then kind of the final component is our habits. Those those loves are really motivating. Like yeah. <laughs> those loves, the love of money, the love of the new shinier thing, uh, that is really motivating and actually develops habits probably better than any other habit-forming process. And so we want to look at the stories, the love is, and the habits in our life, and we want to slowly work through those things and to begin to evaluate those in light of who Christ is, in light of his teachings, and in light yeah. of his church. And so that kind of sets up a groundwork for it. It's not perfect. It's by no means the only way to think about it, but it's kind of the way we've thought about it. Yeah, so over the next uh, three weeks here, we're going to be taking a podcast episode uh, and devoting each uh, one to stories, one to loves, and one to habits uh, with just this desire to say what would it look like to actively work towards becoming more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as we cognitively become more aware of those particular uh, portions of our life, we're going to see um, just a, a stark change as we continue to grow more and more like him. We're going to see uh, a difference yeah. in, in our walk and with those around us. Thanks for listening to the Midtown Church Weekly Podcast. To find out more or to join a church gathering, check out our website at midtownkc.church.